This is the Sheep Guarding Llama Podcast for Friday, May 11th, 2007. I'm your host, Skit Nooker, and this is my co-host, Mrs. Nooker. And uh, welcome to the show. This is our first podcast from Disney 2007. We did the show together in 2005, and uh, Dominica has not been back on the show uh, since that time, since we left Disney World in 2005. And uh, she went back last week and listened to all the episodes that we did then and realized that the show was actually really good, and uh, we actually had a really good time. And so she decided that since the show was so good, she had to come back and do the show again from Disney World this time. Yep. So <laughs> uh, so it's great to have you back. This on our 55th episode of the show. That's a lot of episodes. It's a lot of shows. I don't think I've listened to more than 10. Wow. Yeah, no, you probably haven't. So we're here in the Animal Kingdom Lodge doing the show. Last time we did the show from outside the park. This time we're actually inside Disney World doing the show, which is really cool. We're only here for three days. So this is Friday. We're going to be here uh, Saturday and Sunday as well. And uh, we got in really early this morning, actually. Uh, yesterday, uh, we were flying in on AirTran, and we had some problems with, in Newark, and we had to uh, fly out early. So they called us, uh, they called me at work and rescheduled us by several hours. We were in kind of a panic to get to the airport. We uh, we ran home to Newark, grabbed our stuff, and drove out to the airport as fast as we could, and ended up getting down here about two hours early. By the time yes. it was all said and done. Mm-hmm. About two hours. So that was cool. That made for a much faster trip. And uh, so we got in. We ended up uh, being on the ground by about 1045. We were originally scheduled to arrive after midnight. So that was cool. We took uh, Disney's Magical Express, which is one of the the big perks if you're staying in a Disney resort that they'll actually pick you up from the airport. They'll pick up your baggage and take care of all that. So that was really cool that we didn't have to deal with a taxi or anything like that because that was that was pretty awful last time. We had a lot of problems with that. So Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> we almost didn't make it back to the airport. They right. forgot to pick us up, those people. The last yeah, time. that was awful. It was uh, It was not, <laughs> I should mention, it was not Mirrors that we had a problem with last time. And uh, Mirrors actually operates the, the Mickey's Magical Express. So they're very reliable, but um, you need someone like Mirrors uh, to make it work. Because it's just, there's just too many cheap little companies in Florida catering to all the tourists who will never come back and uh, don't remember their name. Because we don't even remember the name of, of who we No idea. It was something again. town car. Yeah. <laughs> It's written in my passporter. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. At least so we, we, could we could look it up. Yeah. yeah. But I would just use mirrors or, or Disney's thing through mirrors is the only thing I would ever do again. I agree. But uh, at that point, uh, we ended up being not too happy, though, because uh, Disney's Magical Express, they state, takes about 45 minutes, up to 45 minutes to get you to your hotel. Um, but they put six different hotels onto our particular bus, and uh, we were the last ones dropped off, which is fine. I mean, someone has to be the last one dropped off, but of all the people on the bus, we were the only one staying at a premier Disney hotel. They have um, three tiers of hotels that Disney operates. They have the the top tier, which is uh, the Contemporary, the Grand Floridian, the Animal Kingdom, the the Wilderness Lodge. And they call them Deluxe. Deluxe, right. And then they're the the full amenities, and and you pay quite a bit more. And then they have uh, their mid-level, their their mid-tier hotels, which are known as the... Moderates. Moderates, yep. And uh, that's uh, Coronado Springs and the Caribbean Beach and Port Orleans, for example. And there was one of those... Coronado Springs was on our bus. And then they have their, their budget hotels, their value hotels, uh, which is the All-Stars and the Pop, Pop Century. Century. And uh, uh, all three All-Stars were on our route and Pop Century. So every value hotel was on there. The, and they're below $100 a night. So they're significantly less expensive than the other two. And then Coronado Springs and us. And they delivered uh, Pop Century, then Coronado, then all three All-Stars before going to ours. So even though we're paying the most by no small amount, and, well, and Coronado Springs was paying quite a bit more, we had 
to wait for all of the people at the value hotels we dropped off. It took us two hours to go from the airport to our hotel. And they drove by our road. You're right. They drove past our, our resort because it wasn't quite the best way to go. Right. And instead dropped off all the all-stars. Right. And then dropped us off. Exactly. Which was, we were not very happy to we're like to spend our entire evening riding around on a bus. Which is exactly what happened to us last time we were in Disney World. We got stuck on a Disney bus for two and a half hours just going because they had, they had misplacarded the buses or had decided not to placard correctly. They actually argued about whether or not <laughs> how their placarding works. They, they <laughs> Which is something, as we went back and listened to our stuff from before, uh, we re- remembered how awful it was that they had just driven us around for hours and didn't have any way for us to get to places that we were trying to go. And so we lost an entire huge section of our final day on our last trip just riding around on buses. And from no mistake of our own, even after we went back and talked to Disney about it. So, of course, we were being reminded of that as we're being driven around and seeing our hotel and not being able to get there. And, you know, they almost tripled the time that they state it takes to get to a hotel. And there was nothing slowing them down. We sat at the uh, at the airport for a while. We just drove from resort to resort for a really long time. And the, and the driver was driving really fast, but they put him on an, an incredibly long route that they should not have done. So yeah, I, was... I did a bunch of reading on Magical Express, and um, the people, people were wondering if they should bother taking it. How long was it going to take? Mm-hmm. And everybody that um, answered back to that question said, oh, well, I've never had more than three stops. You really, they don't usually do more than three or four. Well, this was six. Yeah, six was a lot. It was way too many. Yeah. Two hours? Come on. Yeah, two hours to go from the airport to your hotel. Yeah, and you know, a taxi not be would have been treated as well as cheap people. Right, and I think that was the worst part. Had had we been staying at a value and it took two hours because a people at other resorts had to be dropped off first, I would have understood that. Right. But paying for supposedly the best service, we could have paid $220 less a night and gotten treated better, gotten an extra hour and a half in our resort right from the beginning. Yeah. So, so that was not a good experience. We were not happy about the way that that turned out. The bus driver was a nice the, guy. Yeah, the bus driver was great. He offered to take us through the drive-thru at McDonald's right. Right. Took us to the right, because we had no way to get room service anymore because it was in, so late. we were supposed to get to our resort by 11.30, and instead we arrived right about 1 o'clock. So we ended up not being able to get room service that we were supposed to be able to get, so we couldn't get dinner, so he, was, he would have taken us to McDonald's, which was very cool that he was willing to do that. But, you know, uh, staying in a, a more or less four-star resort and looking to get room service is not the same as stopping by McDonald's on the way after riding around on a bus for two hours. Not <laughs> quite not the same. The experience that no. uh, that Disney likes to, to pretend they have. So that was not a good start to our evening after flying for several hours. Um, then we got to the resort, we got checked in, and uh, got up to our room, and <laughs> this is where it starts getting really bad. We opened the door to our hotel room, and instantly were hit by what we felt was the odor of stale diapers. Yes. <laughs> it smelled like poopy diapers. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, that was yep. disgusting. Like um, poopy diaper left under a, the right, bed. Which we I, I actually got down while. and crawled under the beds to make sure there was <laughs> We not were, a diaper. We were that convinced yeah. that it was a poopy it was, diaper. It was a very diaper smell. Um, and we ne- we didn't find the source of that smell for a little bit, um, but then Dominica went to sit in a chair in the room, and when she moved the chair... Oh, no, you were not trying not to sit on it? Oh. No, I went over to the sink. Oh, wh- where did the tissue on the chair come from? Oh, I thought you were talking about the water. No, I'm, I'm doing sorry. this in order. Chronological order. That's how I'm doing it. I forgot about the tissue. Oh, yes. So, to continue my story, Dominica attempted to sit down in the chair. I don't know where she thought I was going with this story when I said the chair. Um, 
Um, she pulled out great. the chair from the table, and there was a used tissue on the arm of the chair. Just sitting on the arm of the chair. Yeah, a bizarre location for used tissue. Yep. Although, if it was you, you would have put a used tissue on on everything. No, I wouldn't have left it on the arm of the chair. <laughs> I leave them in pockets of things. Thank you very much. Um, and beside the bed, and on the floor by chairs. But see, the chair that you always leave it by doesn't have arms. So I'm convinced that if that was an arm, it would have it on it. Well, and often it on the arm, me. you do leave it on the arms of futons, so, which is a chair-like object. But anyway, so we have a diaper-smelling room with a dirty tissue in it. Then um, Dominica went to use the sink, which is on carpeting, and her sock got incredibly wet when we discovered what the source of the smell was, which fortunately was not a diaper under the sink, but was uh, there was some some form of leak in the room, and the carpeting was... Uh, mildewing. Mildewing. And uh, so that was assumed the source of the smell. And uh, at that point, we, we contacted the front desk and asked if they would move us to another room, because we had spoken to them earlier before we knew the carpeting was wet, and um, they didn't feel they could move us that night, but once we discovered that the carpeting was wet and it was mildewing in our room and it was just going to get worse and worse, uh, we insisted that they move us last night. So they did eventually find us another room, but we had to go down to the desk, and we were really far away. Um, but this kind of worked out, because our view in our first room was not that good. We, it was officially a Savannah View room, but the view we had was was kind of sad, I think. It was dark. We didn't have a really good chance to check it out, because but when, it being dark. when it was daylight, we would have realized that we were facing the construction site. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. Um, which we've we've heard from other people who've come and stayed in the Animal Kingdom in the last few weeks, uh, that there's so much construction going on that a lot of the, the premier view rooms that you pay quite a bit extra to get a good view are no longer facing animal areas, but are now facing construction as, and every single place you go, every piece of paper you find around here, every placard you, you see has advertising trying to get you to buy into the new villas, but the experience of being here at the Animal Kingdom Lodges, wherever you turn around, there's construction for the villas. Who knows what the place is going to be like once they're actually there, but we know that right now it's not the best place that you would you would not want to invest here in a, in a vacation club, which is what they're trying to sell. So they, they moved us. We had to go way back to the desk. They gave us new keys. They finally found us a new room. There's a lot of confusion, even though we spoke to the desk several times. From the time we left our room till we got to the front desk, and there's only two people working, they couldn't remember who we were or why we were there. We don't know what was going on, but the there was a, a, a lack of English skills at the desk and a, just not a lot of hotel skills. A very polite, very friendly people, um, but she was not, not, not on the ball. Have, she was not what I would have expected in a hotel like this. She was right. like a days-in yeah. check-in person. Uh, just a friendly days-in check-in yeah. person. Yeah, it was... She was perfectly friendly, but yes, yeah. she wasn't skillful in any way. Right, and not prepared to make sure that things were okay. When I called the desk with major problems with the room, you know, once, you, once your room has obviously not been clean and is in really disgusting shape and it's, a, a, you know, a, a deluxe Disney resort hotel, um, there should not be a situation where they're like, oh, well, we don't have anything, sorry. They should be instantly coming up with moving us to another resort if that's what they, you know, they needed to come up with options. Right. Not be like, well, we'll look into it tomorrow. You know, that was that was a bit much. Uh, so, so we went down and they got us new keys and they explained that they have problems at this resort, at least, and maybe others, that they can't figure out how to make the keys work at night. So they expected that our keys would not work. So this is, <laughs> it's been a rough night by this point already. And then uh, they sent us to our room and sent us to a room two floors away from where they had actually meant to send us. They sent us to the fourth floor instead of the second floor. Um, so on the fourth floor, as we're trying to get into a room with people in it, um, we decide that the keys probably don't work, which luckily she told us that the keys didn't work. Right, or we would so, have been jiggling. Right, we would have been trying it quite a bit more. Crap out of people in their room. Right. So we, we moved away from the door before anyone answered it, fortunately. And we called from the, the lobby of that section of the hotel, because the hotel 
hotel's yeah. gigantic. The courtesy phone. The courtesy phone in the hallway. And uh, and then they looked up our room number again and told us where they had actually meant to send us. So we went down there, and there were people waiting for us in the hallway there because we had needed some services. For, we needed, like, toothpaste and stuff, and they don't have them at the front desk for some reason. They just send someone to your room. They told him where our room was, just not us. So that worked out because he had a key, because our keys didn't work in that room either. That room was a, a queen room with uh, a bunk bed in it and uh, and no view. Uh, it was a, That was a view of construction. I yeah. guess they, they've relabeled that room into standard because it's clearly not an animal view it room. It wasn't just that it was construction. It was that there was a big, there's like a holding pen or something. Yeah. So there's a big fence blocking your view. Right. So it, it was not a good view, no, no matter what. But uh, it was also dark, and we had discussed that, and they were not charging us for the Savannah view at this point. <laughs> now that we had moved rooms and had so many problems, uh, they finally were only charging us the normal room rate. Uh, so at this point, it's about 2 a.m., and uh, this room was okay, and uh, we were able to, to get to bed. But unfortunately, with the number of problems we had had at this point, with uh, the bus taking forever, several problems with the first room, complete confusion at the front desk, uh, incompetency, and our when they brought up our room reservation, we asked about our luggage. They had no idea that they had our luggage. And so we were very concerned that they had lost our luggage. And with uh, the Disney's Magical Express, uh, the luggage arrives up to, and this is what they state in their stuff, so we knew this ahead of time, but the luggage arrives up to three hours after check-in, which, according to their other literature, is a total of three hours and 45 minutes after landing at the airport. But when they add on a whole bunch of time, it suddenly became five hours after landing at the airport. So we knew we were not getting our luggage the day that we checked in or that night. and uh, But we had real concerns because they didn't notify us that they had our luggage or anything of, of the sort. So we had to go to bed assuming our luggage had been lost. So I that was sure was... we were going to be those crazy people wearing all Disney clothes really right. today yeah. with no way to go shopping until we got, we were going to have to buy whatever they had. Right. We, those leopard pajama bottoms right. would have been my outfit for the day. It would have been, yes. So uh, we were very relieved when we woke up this morning and checked the messages and saw that uh, our baggage had actually arrived just under the three hour limit, um, even though we had, they had had two, uh, you know, an, an extra hour and a half uh, to get our luggage there. Um, they had used it all and gone right up to the three hour limit and at four o'clock in the morning, uh, they had our luggage ready, uh, but you had, we had to have been awake to have gotten it at that point. So as soon as we woke up, we called down and had them bring it up. And uh, at this point, the problems really stopped. I think that was the that was the end of the problems. Once we knew we had the luggage, everything was okay. Yes. But everything that happened on May 10th on our our, our arrival day was was total disaster. Um, AirTran was wonderful. AirTran did everything right, even after Newark Airport was just closing flights left and right. Um, even with great weather, it was clear skies, no wind. We couldn't figure out anything going on it wrong. It must have had something to do with the hurricane path. Is the only thing I can think of. Maybe, but I don't. But I otherwise I don't know. Yeah, because every, it was the weather perfectly was great. clear weather, and they closed all, all departure points north, south, and west. And east was closing periodically. So we actually went out onto the runway, sat there, and immediately the the uh, pilot came on and said, um, all routes out of Newark have been closed. We're going to give it a few minutes. We're going to talk to Atlanta and see if we can work something out. And otherwise, we're going to take you back to the gate and let you go, uh, which is great because if it was well, JetBlue, they would have just uh, locked us in the air in the <laughs> jet for eight hours and not fed Thir- us. It was 13, 13 hours, hours. I think. Um, He said, we're going to call our company and we're going to talk to the airport. So he was like, you know, they called AirTran and... Right. I think AirTran right. corporate was like, called you know, Newark Airport. Get these people that are in this plane out of here. Yeah. So because only um, only Continental was getting out at that point, I think it probably had something to do with the paths and the and the who has access yeah. to which path or something. And he named the path. I don't remember what it was. 
was. Yeah. They they no briefly idea. opened it to get us right. out of and, it. And uh, they actually had uh, stewardesses running, uh, flight attendants um, who happened to be female, running up and down the, the aisle telling people who were unbuckled to please sit down and stop milling about the aisles as quickly as possible because um, we, we only had a brief window and we didn't want to become trapped in Newark because, the, you know, there was one woman who went to the restroom during the very brief time while they were dealing with this and her husband got up and was changing his clothes or something. He had, like, his jacket off and was doing stuff and the source is like, we, we, we may get stuck here. We may not leave Newark if you don't sit down and get buckled. And he's like, oh, well, my wife's out doing something, so... And, it was, and then she just moseyed on yeah, back to her seat. there were a number of people who, who were told that they may cause us to miss the ability to leave that day and they did not... One of the people that I saw did anything to speed care. up the process. No. Yeah, She was smiling on her way back to her seat. Yeah, that was that was obnoxious. But Air Train did a wonderful job getting us out, and uh, um, we did not end up catching uh, the earliest possible flight uh, from Atlanta. But we we did get an earlier flight than we originally had scheduled. So it uh, we're very happy with Air Train. Let me tell you. Yeah, they did a really good job. <laughs> and this is consistently we've been really really happy with Air Train. Yep. We're, we're happy with their prices. We're happy with their service. It's funny because people that I work with, we were talking about airlines, and they asked me which one I was flying, and I said Air Train, and they're like, Oh, are they good? I'm like, Well, yeah. I, and then I thought about it. I haven't flown ev- any other airline for like seven years, eight years, yeah, something pretty like much, that. Pretty much uh, we discovered AirTran and never fly anything else. Okay. I did, um, I fl- once in a while I've flown someplace that, that AirTran doesn't go, um, but very little. And it's, it, you know, AirTran's always the best price. And they go there now. Right, yeah. Yep. They've expanded enough. Yeah, well, and you know, I just, I find them so consistent. Yeah, and that, friendly. And, and now with them calling and, and realizing that we were going to be stuck in right. Newark and being like, no, you really need to leave if you can. Yeah, what other airline calls you at work and moves your and gives you earlier tickets for free? Well, you know, you know, they didn't they didn't give us the tickets for free, but they didn't charge us extra and got us an earlier flight. It was great. Yep. Nobody does that. They're like, we're afraid that it might end up bad. You may miss a connecting flight if we if we have to delay. And it wasn't their fault for the delays. They didn't no. have to do anything. It was Newark's fault. Yep. Newark just decided not to fly. It. Yeah. That was really yeah that very was really impressive. great. Mm-hmm. And then we would have been stuck because yes. it was like as we were boarding the plane they must have no it must have been like right after we pushed off from the gate they must have closed everything down I, I believe so yeah. because I don't think that they would have probably pushed off otherwise right so yeah so so the, the air tram bit worked out wonderfully but uh, everything at Disney was a disaster on the 10th we were so like I can't believe how much we're paying for this hotel with this service right it this was ridiculous with yeah. the room smelling like poopy diapers and then the second room last night was fine except Scott found a sticky spot on the carpet. Oh yeah, that's right. And when we got up in the morning, and the view was crappy, but I did see ostriches. That's right, yeah. This but morning. I never did. But Scott did not. They, they were gone I woke up time. at 7.30 and I peeked out and I <laughs> saw ostriches and construction guys. And I forgot, the first room we were in, the air conditioning didn't work. Yes, that would have Which been we couldn't figure out at the time because we didn't know how the air conditioning worked, but once we were in a room where the air conditioning actually worked, we realized that the first one, it just didn't work. I suspect that the leak might have something to do with the air conditioning because of the fact that the air conditioning didn't work right, and there was yeah. a leak. It it's probably had something to do with it. Yep. Maybe not, but, but yeah, at any rate, how yeah. could they not have noticed the smell in that room? Right. That's because the... we went in and the light was on, so they must have done the pre-check thing and turned the light on. Yeah, I don't know. The, the whole thing was just unbelievable, that that, that chain of events had So happened. then this morning... Yeah, so this morning, it was great. Uh, our luggage showed right up within minutes. We just called down, the luggage showed right up. Uh, we had slept in about 9.30 because uh, we, I mean, we got to bed at like... It was after 3 by the time we got to bed last night because of all the problems. 
minutes, and then we couldn't fall asleep because we were so we tight. We didn't know if we were going to have our luggage. Yeah, it so was... we just laid there like yeah, and we're going to be naked, smelly yeah. people. <laughs> and I, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things is when you're paying this much, especially in Disney for the Disney experience, we shouldn't have problems falling asleep because we're uptight that it's going to be a disaster because so many things have gone wrong. Um, you know, because the thing that I've always in the past trusted about Disney is that they're going to step in and fix it. It's okay for right. things to be wrong, but it, this was a case where when things were really wrong, they didn't fix it. And they and they were kind of, they, they were acting like we were putting them out, that our room was a disaster and we're paying a fortune and... Uh... Right. It was just completely, you know, and both of us have worked in hotels, so we know yeah. how it's supposed to be. Right. And it, they did not handle it the way that it should have been handled it. Right. It, not it, at all. It was just... Yeah. And which is partly why I got to the point where I'm like, no, they're moving <laughs> us. And not only that, but they are giving us a king room with a better view tomorrow because that's it. I've had it. <laughs> Yep. So this morning, uh, we got the luggage, we got up, we got out, um, and uh, about 11 o'clock, we managed to get down. Uh, we, had, we had to check out. We had to pack it, pack everything up and turn over our luggage to the bell services because uh, they were going to uh, move our room during the day. There was no Part of the problem was that the hotel was full, so they didn't have anywhere to put us. Um, so we, we got everything packed up and moved out, and we went down and got breakfast at Boma, which was good, um, but we were kind of, kind of hoping that, uh, that eating breakfast at Boma would be kind of exciting because Boma for dinner is a really exciting, interesting Pan-African fusion restaurant with with amazing food and, and crazy spices and really eclectic mixes and this whole great approach to cuisine. That I mean, that's why we came down. So we wanted to do Boma for breakfast, but really the Boma breakfast was just any generic but high quality American breakfast buffet. The food was good, but it was nothing special. Yeah, you know the scrambled eggs were very flavorful. The pastries were good. The the, the bear claws were. I, the I, I've never had really an almond bear claw of that quality before. It looked like a normal bear claw, and you take a bite, and it was so light and fluffy. It was it was incredible. And the juice was very good. Yes, very good juice, and everything was good. Right, but it was nothing. It wasn't what we were kind of expecting a little bit more out right. of them. Right. The one thing that I really enjoyed that was that was different, I mean, the bear claws were amazing. All the pastries were absolutely to die for, but they were all, you know, cheese danish, bear claw, croissant, um, banana nut muffin, uh, stuff you could get anywhere, just not quite that good. The one one thing that you can't get most places that they had was uh, quinoa, and that was really good. I really like having that on a breakfast buffet. But really, that's kind of like having, you know, really good oatmeal, almost. Right. You know, it's not a real exotic thing. It's just a different grain. Uh, it's not really a grain, but it's grain-like. Um, now, if you're uh, a meat eater, which we are not, they did have a very extensive meat selection for breakfast. Uh, they had a whole section we couldn't even go to that was just that. They no, had, but like, no fish. No fish. Whereas, well, not for breakfast. But the swan and dolphin have fish for breakfast. Oh. So I mean, but they had like a they had, didn't they have like some kind of beef like, like, like carved beef, kind beef of thing, or yeah. something? And they had a corned beef breakfast casserole, and then they had some kind of breakfast sausage lasagna thing. type thing, but it had sausage in it. So yeah. all of the all of the interesting things had meat, right. and they did have an omelet bar. They did, but it was kind of busy, and it was kind of I don't want to stand there and wait for my omelet. Right, and it's it was just an omelet bar, right? Like you get at a lot of American buffets. So it was it was very high quality. It was very good, but we were really hoping for something exciting and exciting it was not not at all so the boma experience does not exist in the morning really it should just be considered the animal kingdom lodge breakfast buffet <laughs> they shouldn't even call it boma even no. they, they're really they're just using the boma facilities right it's really what it because is because it's set up for a buffet yeah i guarantee that the boma executive chef has nothing to do with the, the breakfast buffet he's probably just like yes you're allowed to use my buffet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure that's that all that comes out to true. so we did that and then uh we hit um the water 
Buddy, which is the the store here, which uh, of all the places um, that I've seen in Disney World, of all the resorts, I feel that the Animal Kingdom Lodge has the coolest shop. Uh, it's got unique stuff that you can't find anywhere else. And I'm, I'm sure all the resorts have that to some degree. Mm-hmm. And there's some, I've, I, like, I've never set foot in the Polynesian, so I don't know what's there. But for the Animal Kingdom Lodge, they've got some really cool African crafts. Um, the stuff's really from Africa. They've got a lot of books that are neat. They've got a lot of um, Disney merchandise that you can only get there. Um, or at um, Animal Kingdom. Some of it you can get at the Animal yeah, Kingdom, some but some of, of it you can't. can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's uh, it, it's definitely a lot of stuff because it, it's a very large store compared yeah, to the other big. resorts, mm-hmm. and it's just full of stuff that you pretty much can't just go buy anywhere, uh, even within Disney World. Right. So so that's very cool. I like that. And uh, so we went in there. And we bought a hat for Dominica because uh, we both managed to forget to bring hats this time down. And you absolutely need a hat in May in Florida, or your entire head's just going to catch on fire. So uh, we we got her a hat, and then we went out to the bus stop uh, to go to Epcot, and then we decided that I really needed a hat here and, and not wait until Epcot to try to find one because we didn't really find one that we liked while we were in there. Um, so then we went back into Zawadi and got a hat uh, that we ended up really liking. So I'm glad, really glad we did that. Um, and then we went out and caught the bus and went over to Epcot. Once we got to Epcot, we got off the bus and we were no more than 20 feet away from the bus when we suddenly realized that the camcorder was missing. I don't like we in this particular instance. Dominica didn't realize the camcorder was missing. She was oblivious to the situation. I realized that we had lost the camcorder and uh, ran back to the bus. <laughs> I once again don't like the use of we here. <laughs> so I ran back to the bus and looked and there was no camcorder on the bus and I talked to the bus driver and assuming that the camcorder must have been lost before we got on the bus because definitely no one took it off the bus. Uh, she said to run to uh, a different bus stop and catch the bus right back to the Animal Kingdom Lodge. So uh, we ran back and caught that bus really quickly and uh, got back and we checked the benches and there was no camera there. We really felt that it had been left at Zawadi because I had been carrying the camera and put it on uh, the, the desk, the countertop, when we were dealing with uh, uh, buying the hat, and we ended up getting into a conversation with uh, the woman there because they were selling us a brownie for supporting the animal research or something. Conservation. Conservation. And uh, so we felt that that must be where I had left it, um, but, but they looked around, they didn't have it, so we went to the front desk, the front desk checked, they didn't have it, but they took our information about it. Um, and then and the and the woman's, the concierge, suggested that we check with Bell Services. Yeah. So Scott made a dinner reservation and I went over to Bell Services and walked up to them and went has anyone and then saw the camcorder bag and pointed at it and said that (laughs) I said was that found on the benches by the bus stop it's a Canon camcorder and they said and they said here you go and I said now I don't have to kill my husband (laughs) because it was Scott that left it on the bench so phew yeah (laughs) so that that was that was our excitement in the morning it had turned into I was like here we go again with everything going wrong yeah um so we went back and now uh well i guess we should tell the reservation story later when we get back to it because we didn't know at the time what had happened so neither do you now um so we uh went back again and took the bus back to epcot uh and at this point it was a bit later than we wanted to get started in the day although i think really it worked out we didn't want that much time in epcot it's true and we hadn't intended to have that much time in epcot but um so we got over there it was probably about one o'clock i would guess by the time we got there it was between one and one thirty, I would okay, say. Good. Yep. Um, so that we decided first thing uh, to do what used to be the Living Seas. Now it's just the Seas. Uh, yeah, the Seas with Nemo and Friends. I think uh, yeah, is I think what its, it's full, full name, name is. is. Yeah. So we had been. <sighs> 
waiting in eager anticipation for this ride because it was new and it was an actual ride and there hadn't been a ride there before and we were waiting in great anticipation for yeah, it. Right, because the uh, the old Living Seas, first of all, was closed when we were here in 2005. Right. So we didn't get to see any of the Living Seas at all. Um, now, I've been to Living Seas a number of times earlier uh, in the 80s and 90s and it was always a big disappointment because it wasn't really a ride. It was, uh, it had all the promise of a ride. It was an aquarium, which, which is great. It's, it's a real aquarium, uh, but not very big. Um, but they always had this sea base alpha ride thing where you go in and they pretend you're going, it's like deep space exploration except you're going under the water. They, they do all this stuff with suits and this fake elevator thing where you step into it and it shook and instead of going up or down it just opened a door on the opposite side of the elevator and you stepped through. See, I thought that there was a ride where you sat in yellow car things. No, no, definitely not. Where did I get, oh, I know where I got that from, Jaws 2. <laughs> No, Jaws 3, the 3D Jaws 3. Oh. And they're in, there's something with like a yellow sub or something. Oh, that must be where I got Weird. some weirdness in my mind. I had okay. merged. Yeah, no, not the Living Seas. <laughs> the Living Seas had no ride. Um, not that I not that I can remember. If it did, it was very, very short and didn't go anywhere. It had a movie first. I'm sure it had a movie. And then you went into, it, the movie was part of the experience. You did the movie and then they let you into the elevator. Right, exactly. Um, but it was one of those stupid debriefing movie kind of right, things that exactly. they do, which yeah. Not entertaining in any no, way. It was not entertaining. Um, so what they did now was, and this is an improvement, um, but it's an improvement over very, very little. Um, they have a very nice walkway. The first thing is they, they've made the, the crowd control great. This is the best crowd it's control I've seen beautiful. Yet. Yeah, it, it was really cool. Yeah. It was like walking in and you start off walking from the beach down into the ocean yeah, is, that's the is what it's supposed to be. Yep. So they even make the pathway wood as if you're walking over the sand. Dunes, right on a boardwalk. On a boardwalk, yeah, yeah and, and they have and it's sand dunes around you with thick grass and stuff, which is yeah. very cool. And and it's lifeguard all, stands and all kinds of yeah, things. And like it's that. dark and cool, so it's really comfortable when you come in from the outside. So the entire waiting area is dark and cool, which we really liked. That mm-hmm. was great. Um, and then you go through, and it, it's a pretty long line. It's, I think it was a twenty minute wait when we did it. Or t- it was really twenty minutes of walking, right? Of, of moderately slow walking through this really long line, but you always kept moving, so it, it passed pretty quickly, and it was all very well done. So it was enjoyable. Um, then we got on the actual ride, and it's uh, it's a side moving, uh, which is in the style of the Haunted Mansion or the Old Horizons. It really reminded me of the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, well, because the it, it was, it... Uh, they're shells, and the Haunted Mansion is a curved dome like yeah, an old tilt so world Yeah, so that's what it felt like. Yep, and, uh, and you go sideways, but unfortunately, it's not really a ride. It's just um, clips from the movie Finding Nemo. Yeah, it's like an abbreviated version yeah. of Finding Nemo. And I've Finding seen that. Nemo. I saw it, it say that somewhere. But I was hoping that it would at least be something Disney-esque about it. Right. But it's really just, you move sideways past screens as they show clips of, or modified clips of, Finding Nemo. I'm not even sure if they're modified. I think for the most part, they're just clips of Finding Nemo played in very, very short sequences. But I'm not positive. They no, may be that's, not, that's not the case, because they were, um, the characters were projected over a background. Like, they were projected over a, over, over a stationary background. Oh, okay. Well, it, it varied. Was, Sometimes it wasn't. Yeah. It was a couple of things. Some of the time, I know it was not the original film, and there's sometimes I'm pretty sure it was the it, original it, film. You're right. It could have been parts of it original yeah. film. Because there were sometimes right. I just felt we were going past a movie screen with nothing going on but watching a movie. And then sometimes it was like they'd, they'd broken it up and they had one fish in one thing and one fish in another thing and they were talking across. But it was all just lines from the movie playing yeah. over modified clips of the movie so that they could use it in the ride, really. And it, yes. was, it was nothing more than a... Four minute version of the movie. Loud. It was really loud. Yeah. 
It was. So it, it was painfully loud yeah. for Scott. It, well, yeah, I have eardrum problems, but yeah. but far too loud. It, it was just I'm. Uh, I kept expecting it to go somewhere. Right, and the and whole it thing never did. And that's all there was at the end. They it, they reached the you know end of the movie, and then it dropped you off in the aquarium. So all it did was replace the elevator bit of the of the old thing. So technically, it's better because it didn't have this really silly storyline of now we're going down to Sea Base Alpha and doing research under the water, and you know we're now debriefing you yeah, or whatever. Yeah, you're right. But, on the other hand, they just do this really weird little four-minute Finding Nemo thing really loudly. So it was actually uncomfortable. I literally, the line to go see the Nemo ride was dramatically more enjoyable than the ride. I agree. The line was really neat. Yeah. They did a really good well job. It was a Disney-quality ri- yeah, uh, line. Yeah, theming the line yeah. was nice, but then the ride itself didn't live up to the quality of the line. Yeah. No, it's completely <laughs> is, true. It, I was expecting so much because I'm like, oh, this line is so cool. Right. They did such a great job. Yeah, it's the best line in Disney World as far as I know. Yeah. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean has a good line. That's true. Yeah, as you descend down to the... Yeah. But this was a great line. It was really... It was entertaining, but um, the ride was not so much. It was It was a... It was de- they definitely went the absolute cheapest route and did anything they could do for under 50 bucks. The clams were cool. They had such potential. They did. The clams are neat. Yeah. I, they it, did a good job You know, those. I think the big mistake is that they just wanted to make it a Finding Nemo thing instead of facing the fact that they have an aquarium and they need to make it an aquarium ride. Talk about fish and fish preservation and conservation and research which, and which whatever. Which was the original purpose. Right. They completely forgot why they built the Living Seas and this was just a joke. Yeah. And you know, we we were talking about how them theming things, everything with Disney themes, uh, makes things seem dated. And it yeah. suddenly occurred to me that I don't feel like Cinderella is dated. I right. don't feel like Beauty and the Beast is dated. There are specific things like Finding Nemo I feel is kind of dated. Mm-hmm. I feel that um, Cars is going to be dated. Cars is going to be very dated. Yeah. And, you know, those, the newer ones don't have the timeless feel. Yeah. Like Little Mermaid. Timeless. Yeah. You know, Snow White, timeless. What's really surprising to me is that uh, Disney is so uh, intent on this new approach when they've had a, a, a tried and true approach of using the classics for a very long time and they're starting to replace the classics that have made them all this money with this really weird, we have to replace it every five years because no one remembers these not very good movies so much and um, and they, they really build these things on fads. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I thought Finding Nemo was a great movie. Well, yeah, and The Land is themed after The Lion King, which is a great movie, but there was a time period when everyone talked about The Lion King and that period's over yep. and now you go into The Land and everything's themed after The Lion King and you kind of go, oh, this feels like 1998. You know, that was a year it was big and popular. That's, and it feels that way. It feels like nothing's changed since then. True. And nothing has changed since then there, but it points it out. They can't make anything new because they don't make Lion King stuff anymore. Now they make Nemo stuff. Right. But Nemo's already old. It already feels like it was a mistake, you know, because it just opened. And, you know, the signage is really cool out front. Oh, yeah. The main sign has um, a wave fountain. Yeah. It has a, a fountain that, like, makes waves, and it has animatronic seagulls. Yep. Yeah, so the sign um, was better than the ride. Yeah. And then there's another sign that is a, it's more like a sculpture. It's like a sculpture of Nemo and Dora and uh, on a background of like seagrass and, and coral reef type things, like kelp and coral reef. Remember oh, I said I we need I to get that. our picture. I'm like, oh, remember, yes. I, I'm like, we need to get our pictures taken. And then we walked by it and it's a photo passport right. place. Um, so that was better <laughs> than the ride as <laughs> yeah. well. That was a really neat yeah. sign. And, and the, don't get me wrong, the seas itself is, is pretty decent. It's, you know, it's an aquarium. It's not really a good aquarium. Um, and I think that's one of their big mistakes is that. Not as good. 
good as the aquarium in Texas. No, um, I've been to aquariums that are better, and I've heard, like, you know, Atlanta is famous for its aquarium. I think Disney's really made a mistake by letting the aquarium portion go. That they've, they're not, because they're not focusing on it as an aquarium, and the, the fish are actually an afterthought, um, it's, it's not getting the attention it deserves, and it's, it feels very unloved when you're in there. It does. That it's, uh, the, the aquarium bit is, is dirty and old and neglected, and the attractions based around it are not educational like a normal aquarium or interesting like a normal aquarium. Do you know aquarium. what I kept thinking about? That, the, the seas was closed for so long, and like the manatees and the turtles and the dolphins must have been so lonely. Yeah, no, I thought of that. I mean, there were people was, working there, and the yeah. restaurant was still open, I believe, but, but I don't know. the restaurant was open. Yeah. I can't remember. I don't think that it was when we were there. Uh, we discussed it at the time, and I can't remember what it but it was, we weren't sure. It just, it has a really sad feeling. It really does. It feels like an old dungeon when you're yeah. down there with, with animals that have been trapped there for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It I, was, it was depressing. Yeah, it's very sad. There's like two dolphins there, and like two manatee that just swim around and in big, empty, watery big tanks. Big sea turtles. I don't, I'm not yeah. sure what kind of turtles they are, but um, the, the one kept doing swim-bys. He was very cool. Yeah. Or she. Right. <laughs> yeah, we don't really know. But yeah, so I mean, it's a real aquarium, and that's kind of interesting, but it's definitely not up to the standard of any local aquarium I've ever seen. And it was closed for so long that they could have referred the whole thing, and yes. they didn't. right. That's because the, thing. the back They did part, a little bit. Because they, they? Yeah, because the, the little tiny aquarium tanks were all themed after Finding Nemo. Oh, that's true. But it was like, you know, the kind of effort that a local aquarium would think nothing of doing every year, you know, and Disney made a big deal to do that. Because when I, once we got to the aquarium part, it looked exactly the same as when I was there oh, in 1993. Exactly. Well, and some of the effects from the original Seabase Alpha stuff is still there. Like, they, they didn't know what to do with it. And they still call it the sea base. As right. you go into it and you're like, the sea base? You don't even know what it's about because people don't even realize it's an aquarium anymore. It's just about watching a Finding Nemo movie. So it's, the whole thing has fallen apart and is a complete disaster. Even the parts that are good are integrated so poorly with the parts that are bad that it's 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 awful, really. So stand in the line but leave before you get to the end of it. That's the that's the best suggestion. And look at the sign. Because the sign is cool. Yeah. So we left there completely disappointed um, in the only thing that we thought was going to be completely new and innovative since we were there last time. Uh, we were really looking forward to that. Uh, so then we went up to the land and uh, my all-time favorite ride, the Living with the Land, uh, which was changed. Uh, the big change there, they used to have a person who would stand at the front of the boat and uh, give the guide a tour as the boat goes through the uh, the, the research hydroponics facility. Uh, but we knew that that was replaced with a recorded version where it was all recorded ahead of time and does the exact same spiel but, but does doesn't take a person. So it saves all kinds of money and is exactly the same every time so you don't get a bad person or whatever and get a completely different uh, trip than someone else. So um, we were kind of disappointed by the change but I felt that it probably would be just fine when we did it. So we did the boat ride and the entire ride was absolutely silent. There was no instructions about keeping your hands in the boat. There was no uh, warnings. There was no music. There was no this is what we're doing. There's nothing. The entire ride was silent. So we decided that they had taken out the guide, but hadn't put in the sound system, like hadn't right. come up with the spiel yet. And <laughs> Which is it really was... weird, because you would just keep the guide on right. until it worked. I'm like, I can't believe they got rid of the guides before they were done right. with it. The... And the people who were riding with, there were some people sitting around us, they had no idea that there was supposed to be something to this ride. They, you know, People were convinced, uh, the people that we talked to were confused and thought it was a boat ride floating through sand with plants. And they didn't, you know, nothing said it was hydroponics, nothing said it was a, re- a working research facility. No one knew that this was producing food for Disney World that, you know, this is the so best So Scott ride. told them and they were like, oh, boy, right. we're glad we sat in front of you. Right. So <laughs> I, I gave as much of the spiel as I could do pretty easily. Once they, because I could hear them talking to each other and asking questions like, uh, you know, they, they must have soil under the sand or, you know, they had no idea 
because the the guided tour was supposed to fill you in on all this really interesting stuff and it was an absolutely pointless ride as it was without yes. that it was completely insane to have that ride so we get off of the ride and i go up to the cast member at the exit and i'm like so is the soundtrack for this ride not ready yet like when is that going to be ready he's like is it going to be changed and he's like no it is how it is now with the soundtrack i'm like wait a second <laughs> you mean the soundtrack was supposed to be there the whole time he's like yes i'm like well our ride was completely silent the whole way i'm, I'm like it was we were really disappointed because it was completely silent we were confused and we couldn't figure out what had happened so he said well do you want to ride it again and we said yes we do yep. so he put us right back onto the boat onto the next boat it, the one thing he did tell us is that they they're having huge problems with this and, yes. and the sound is not working for a lot of people and uh they're for some reason and this is i completely don't understand this uh they're using sensors to determine which boats they want to play the audio to and which boats they don't want to play the audio to and they're having a problem sensing which boats have people on them and which one don't which understandably it would be handy if it was silent when there's no people but the real issue is that instead of erring on the side of playing when there's no people they've decided to err on the side of not playing hardly ever apparently and you know never accidentally playing when there's no people there so they have this expensive sensor system that doesn't work at all and is causing the ride to not work at all but they don't tell anyone that they're supposed to be sound so nobody knows when the ride doesn't work right and he said that um the sound is affected by the water level if the water level is not exactly right, right. and the way if the boat sit. is tipped to one side and our boat was tipped to the left and it must have been just enough tipped that um yeah. the sensor i guess is too short or something as uh, it passes by the sensor sees the the level of the right hand side of the boat at the same level as an empty boat because people are on the left and it pivots up oh, okay and so it believes the boat to be empty just because of either the water's too high or the people are sitting too far to the left or some combination or whatever. And you know, when you go to Disney, it's just completely ingrained. Move all the way to the left right. and sit there. So everybody sits to the left. And if there's nobody to fill in to the right, then you're yeah. all sitting on the left side of the boat and it doesn't occur to you to move because you're not really allowed to move once you're on a Disney ride. Right. So I think that that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. So the second time we did it, we had the narration. And the narration is fine. It's very, mm-hmm. very good. And uh, as good, I think it was it, just as good. It is pretty much almost verbatim right. what, the, what well, the tour guide said. They have a script that they read right. from, and they just read the script over yeah. the thing. Yeah, well, and they put a little bit of personality into it, and you could ask them questions, which was nice. And this time, you know, That's you true. can't ask them questions. Although, the question bit didn't work very well, because someone up front, one person would be close enough to ask questions, and it would cause them to not be able to give the this, this spiel to everyone else. True. And That's it, true. it was actually quite problematic. You're I bet right. that was it a was driving factor as You're to right. why it was taken away. They would feel like they had to answer questions, because you right. can't just be like, no questions. Right. <laughs> you know, because you're a Disney cast member. You can't do that. Right. So so it was really good the, the second time through. and uh, we, we, But it's really sad that all those people missed it and don't know. And apparently right. a lot of people get it where it cuts in and out. Mm-hmm. But we got it because if, completely. Because if the water level shifts or if the boat shifts, then you get some some of the narration and not others. Um, I think that this is going to do uh, wonders for the behind-the-scenes tour. I think it's going to become more popular. You mean by not, by not working or by not having a cast no, member? No, by not having a cast member. Okay. By I think it's going to decimate the behind-the-scenes tour because 
such a large percentage of people are being lost to the land, they are possibly forever alienating customers. Oh, that's true. Because yep. we, because those people were first-time riders right. and had no idea what it and was supposed to be like. if you think about the land, right. if you think about the style of the land, I think that we're a really unique customer, that we ride it several times every time we're in Disney World. I think that most people have very little interest in agricultural science. And I think a lot of people would really love this ride the first time. But I think that someone would ride it more than once is really rare. Even if you were coming back on a separate trip, I think it's really rare that you would ride it again. So I think chances are those boats that we were on were over 50% first-time riders, if not over 80% first-time riders. And probably every one of them will never consider the behind-the-seeds tour, will never consider riding it again, and will probably never visit the pavilion again. And they have lost those customers. And if they're doing this on a regular basis, they are completely losing an entire customer base that they had before, that they will lose forever. So I think that the, I, I bet the behind-the-seeds tour will dip dramatically as they completely just turn away customers left and right. Because it was, it, it's the ride telling you about the behind-the-seeds the tour that makes people do it. No one does it without doing the ride first to tell them. Right, you're right. That's unfortunate. Yeah, because you don't even know what the, what the tour is for. Like, you don't understand that it's a research facility. You don't understand that it's hydroponics. You don't understand that there's a tour, that it goes through the things that you were just told about. It, you lose everything. Well, the cast member that was so nice to us and, and let us back right back on the boat without waiting um, said that they are they know that they have a problem and they're working on it. So hopefully... Yeah, hopefully they get that fixed. Soon, but. because, you know, the land is the most popular pavilion right now, but it's right. really because of the food court in Soren. Right. It's not really because of the land, which is unfortunate because living with the land is such a classic ride. It's classic, so interesting. It's so well done. It's yeah. so important to, to, to Disney being an educational thing. It's, it's one of the few quality things they have left that still teaches something as they as they switch to cheap movie-based rides. Mo- not even rides anymore. As they move away from rides to just playing films. Right. Which is really sad that as the American public, or as, as the global public, is able to just get DVDs of whatever they want or Blu-rays or whatever they want anytime and just watch things online, Disney is taking what everyone normally does at home and is getting rid of a unique experience and just giving you a really poor version of what everyone can do at home. Uh, I really feel they've completely disconnected with their, their audience and have no clue what they're doing anymore. It's 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 really just, it's falling apart. It's as if they don't have the funds to keep up with what they've been doing for 50 years and uh, just don't know what to do as they as they thrash with without having enough money. That's the that's the reaction I'm seeing. Hmm. So so we left the land and we were gonna head back to the resort, um, but on the way back uh, there was like no line at Spaceship Earth. And every time I walk by Spaceship Earth and there's no line, it calls to me and I have to do it. So so we rode. Spaceship so we ride Spaceship Earth a lot because a lot. there's hardly yep. ever a line. For right, because it. it's very unpopular <laughs> just because it's it's old and it's too and bad. The Spaceship Earth is my favorite ride. Yeah, I really enjoy it. Yeah, and it's a, it's unfortunate because they've cheaped out a lot with that too and they've taken out parts of it that used to be good because they felt they were dated but instead of replacing it with something updated they put in just lights and f- like flashing lights i mean literally just the cheapest things they could find fiber optics really cheap so plastic the first fiber optics. um the first half of the ride it's it, only the actually first third. the first third of the ride yeah. oh first third of the ride is amazing with all some of the best animatronics and it's just it's really cool yep it's very well done it's it's dated definitely you can tell that i mean the equipment you're riding on feels old the entrance feels old the animatronics i think feel old but it may be just because of their environment but uh the sound system is old that's very noticeable but yeah, it's it's very well done seats. it's uh you know it's an artistic 
artistic masterpiece. And it's, you know, we do it over and over and over again. It's a driving factor for returning to Epcot. And um, Siemens just uh, decided to be the sponsor of Spaceship mm-hmm. Earth. They've and replaced AT&T. They, yes. And, it, well, after going for, um, was it years without a sponsor at all? Possibly, yeah. Um, now Siemens is sponsoring it. And so they've already added things at the end of the ride. They're, um, for years it was completely empty after you got off the ride. And now they've added some stuff there. And Spaceship Earth is going to be closed for refurbishment. They're completely changing, um, I think, from the top of mm-hmm. of Spaceship Earth down. They're completely the, the changing. The entire second half, basically. Yeah, I think they're changing. Yeah. They, they and they're really supposed have to. to be, and they're supposed to be updating, um, like cleaning it up a little, like getting some new costumes and doing some refurbishment of the of the first part. That's good, I think they're going to drop. Yeah, I but think I really, they're going to replace. I some. really hope they just don't replace things because right. they, Disney has not made anything of the caliber of Spaceship Earth in at least 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that they, I don't feel that Disney has the ability. They I don't have the Imagineers the anymore. Imagineers. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they even have Imagineers anymore, do they? They have Imagineers. Do they? I don't think they, they are. Do. I think they just give that title up now to anyone who works in the park instead of it being this elite team of people who come up with this really awesome stuff. Yeah, you're, you're probably because right. Because I think it's just... Which, which could explain why the animatronics are not looking as well-maintained Right. Do they anymore? even have the ability to maintain them? Or are they replacing stuff because they don't know how to fix it? Because, like, I noticed in Spaceship Earth, there's a guitar player whose fingers don't move anymore. Oh. But the violinist, her fingers move. But the guitar player, his fingers don't move. That's actually a lute player. Which one? The one that you're calling a guitar player. Okay, the lute player. <laughs> anyway, his his fingers don't move. Hmm. And it was really, you could see that they were trying to move and they didn't. So I'm wow. wondering, yeah, that, in all of those things, they usually do refurbishment every year and they adjust those right, small right. things and make them work again. And Yeah, it's just very sad that they're, they're just letting everything go. Yeah. The park is falling apart and it's very obvious that, that huge portions of the park are just old and decrepit. And But unfortunately, those are the best parts because the new stuff is so bad and, and just continues to be so bad. We just wish that they would um, put the love in to it that used to go into it yeah or at least the, the driving desire to make money through really cool entertainment stuff right. i don't i don't know what it was but i feel like walt disney was more of a right disney was, was really into yeah he cared and nobody yeah. cares anymore it's, it's 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 the company doesn't care about it anymore i don't know so we left after spaceship earth and went back to the resort because we had to get ready for dinner because everything had taken so much time and we could only get into dinner at 5 30 uh so we came five back o'clock. the five o'clock i'm sorry um uh, so we came back and we got into our new room, which turned out to be awesome. We're very happy with the new room. We have a king room, Savannah View. We're on the main Savannah this time, not one of the the stepchild Savannahs. And uh, we have a, a wonderful. If I look out our window right now, I can see some. I can see giraffes sleeping and wildebeest out there, and yeah, it's Thompson's very cool. gazelles are right out the window sleeping. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah, as soon as we were in the room, we realized that the, the view really is worth it, and uh, that's what this resort is based on. Which which is why we wanted to be here, but you know, up until this point, we haven't really seen anything. So this is very cool. So we're very excited about that. Um, so we came in and we freshened up, spent a little bit of time looking at the animals, and then uh, we went down to Boma for lunch, dinner. Uh, for dinner. But it was so early that it kind of felt like lunch. <laughs> yep. And uh, Boma was awesome, like it was before. Like we remember, the menu was pretty much the same. I mm-hmm. didn't really notice anything different. Mm-mm. Nope, it was the same. Which I think mostly happens at Disney. The, right. There's not a lot of change unless it's taking out good rides. As I was, <laughs> as I was sitting there eating. 
thing, I was saying, they must turn over the chefs and all the, the, the sous chefs and all of those mm-hmm. people very quickly because they would get really bored yeah. because they've been cooking the same food for years. But for us, it's like, oh, this is just like I remembered. This is so great. And then I'm like, wow, that was a year and a half ago and they're still making the same amazing fruit salad, the best fruit salad I've ever yeah. had. It's actually the um, the African fruit fool. Yes, it's amazing. Yeah. But um, I would be bored probably making that every single day. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm sure the chefs move around because Disney has so many really top restaurants. I'm sure they get to move around oh, between that's them. That's true. I'm, I'm sure there's a, quite a career path just within the parks. So so uh, dinner was very good, and we ate ourselves sick, as uh, as we do. But this time, we were staying in the Animal Kingdom Lodge, yes. so when we ate ourselves sick, we just walked up to our rooms. Yep, so we, we stayed up room. in the room uh, for about an hour and uh, digested and sat out on the balcony looking out on the savannah, which was very cool, with the giraffes hanging out and the uh, the antelopes playing, as they do. And uh, that was very cool. We, we enjoyed that a lot. That was that was really, really nice. And um, and we should say, for the most part, we're pretty happy with Disney today. Um, you know, I we get so upset when we go into Epcot and see how disastrous it is and, and how much it's falling apart and how little they care. That, I think that, that comes across a lot when, you know, we are enjoying, we're, we're enjoying the lodge now today. Yesterday was awful, but, um, you know, today it's going well and people have been really helpful and our room is great and, uh, um, you know, and we knew what to expect in Epcot. Not, you know, Spaceship Earth is better than it was before because they added some stuff in and their sponsorship and, you know, the Living Seas uh, was not as good as the sea is now. It's just sad that so little was done to it when they had the chance. Um, the land is the same, really, except mm-hmm. for that they have something broken, but they are going to fix it, I can only imagine. So so after an hour at the hotel that we really enjoyed, we returned to Epcot again uh, for the evening because we kind of felt we had to, really more than anything else. Because it in... was extra magic hours tonight, right. so well, they were open till midnight. And we're in Disney, and we've only been in the, the park for like an hour. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so we went back. So we kind of had to go back. So we went back, rode Spaceship Earth again. Because um, we walked by it and there was no line, right. and it calls to me. It really does. Yes. Uh, and then we decided to go try out uh, Mission Space, which is presented by Hewlett Packard, and uh, was oh, is new. It? Yes. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Hmm. They, HP pays an awful lot of money for something that they do very little advertising on. I even if you want to know who sponsors it, you can, you really have to work hmm. to figure it out. I had no idea HP sponsored that. Yeah. That's, uh, if, if HP's listening, uh, you're not getting your value out of your money on this. But uh, um, the Mission Space, we couldn't do it before because they made it into an intense thrill ride where. Uh, you go into a little simulator and they put you in a centrifuge and uh, spin you around uh, with incredible forces that would give me vertigo and it would be disastrous. Um, and many, many people have gotten vertigo yeah. and it has put them out of commission. You just read about it over and over again right. when you go well, on the and, Disney chat rooms. And at least They're two people, I think, boards. have died. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, yep. On that ride um, because of you know previous medical conditions that were not known about, uh, but doing this ride brought it out. So I don't know if it's worth doing the ride because you don't know about those kinds of medical conditions. Exactly. So it's just not worth it. You just yeah, because just we're pushed. talking about the actual centrifuges that they use at, at NASA. Right, right. it's way this too much. This is force. actually what they do to people in NASA. Right, it's just why would you want to do that? I right, can't understand. Yeah. So they have made um, a a non centrifuge. Right, a non spinning one. That's all the same stuff except it doesn't spin. So right. that's what we did. Yeah, and um, the verdict was it was cheap and sad. And even with the centrifuge, the only possible attraction to the other part of Mission Space must be the centrifuge. It must be the 
incredible dizzy sick feeling you get is the only thing I can imagine people like because this being was able to, being able to say that you can handle it. I think yeah, it that must be it because this was just pathetic. I don't know how else to put it. This was awful. I have to say that I kind of enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Really? I actually had a good time. And Scott was being a total dork <laughs> through the whole thing, like being really into it. And there's a point where they say they're putting you into hypersleep or whatever. And <laughs> and he's like, and he like his head rolls and then he puts his head down as if he had actually been put to sleep. It was, and I'm like, you're such a dork. <laughs> but it was it was well, I tried to get into it. Yeah. But it yeah, still I was actually, not entertaining I no matter it was what cool. I did. We took off. I felt like I was weightless. And I, I was it's much imagine, more... It's, it's amazing what the power of suggestion does, because she's like, oh, I feel like I'm weightless, and I'm like, I feel like I'm just sitting in a chair. I couldn't tell, I mean, nothing, which was actually what was happening, where the device only leans back and leans forward. It might lean side to side, but I'm not it even sure. It does lean side it to does. side. It does, okay. Yeah. But, but pretty much the only real thing it does is it leans forward very quickly and leans back very quickly. So it's kind of like being in a lazy boy that can rock forward farther and, and be held there. So if you kind of strapped yourself into a lazy boy and had someone push you forward and back that's all you get on this ride and you're in a really tight enclosed space which i don't really like and it was it's really tight and enclosed they say you know this ride warning for people who are uncomfortable with tight enclosed spaces uh this was dramatically small the the amount of space that you had and even if you're the thing for me was not that it was a tight space but that they then put a thing down over your chest that that traps you and you're really trapped in that ride there's no one you can talk to from the there's no cast member that you can be like i i can't handle this by the time you know if you can handle it or not it's too late i think that there's a panic button in the one that spins oh i'm sure but in the one that doesn't you're, you're stuck yeah. yeah i am um, my opinion is that it's too short i think that um if it, it wasn't interesting enough it was like okay we're, we just started and then it's over with Right, yeah, I didn't find it interesting at all it's a, it's about a space mission they pretend you blast off you go into space it was You're maybe to be 30 in training. seconds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was I don't know. I I thought I I had fun on the ride. I did think it was fun. I thought it was way too short. If there was a line for it, not worth a line. That ride is like 3 minutes long or something maybe, like that. Maybe. Yeah. And it there's was, a lot of weight. Even if there is no line, there's a lot of weight. Right. Maybe 10 minutes. It reminded possibly. me of the um, they have it set up the way that test track is set up. That yes. they keep moving you through and making in the way Soren is. Mm-hmm. Those those three rides are very similar. The weight um, sequences. There's so much waiting. Um, so because of that, if if you d- didn't walk right through and only wait at the parts waiting to load the ride, right, it would not be worth it because it's too short. Right, it's not worth your time. Right, yeah, it's not in the best conditions. If you're the only person in the park, it's not worth walking into right so yeah it you're absolutely right it has to be um the whole i was able to handle being in a centrifuge oh yeah thing. that's that's all there that's is gotta be what it is because, yeah i i found it to be not as entertaining as video games i wouldn't pay for it was it, it very much uh an arcade game where you watched someone else play the game because you don't do anything um it's it feels like a video game because you have a computer screen inches from your face they give you a joystick and a couple buttons, and they strap you in, and then they rock you back and forth with the motion. The same thing that you do anywhere, any motion video game. It has a little bit more motion than arcade games can do because it's moving four people at a time with a very expensive piece of equipment. Um, but it's really just a video game experience with a really cheap video game only 
it's someone else at the controls. They give you a joystick, but you don't. it doesn't do anything. It's not connected to anything. They give you buttons, but they light up, but they don't actually do anything. So you're, you're given, a, for small children, there's a little bit of illusion of them maybe being in control, but they're not. And so it's, you know, uh, if this is the kind of thing that you're going to enjoy, I would suggest going to any arcade and spending 50 cents on uh, a cheap flight simulator, and you'll get the same amount of time for 50 cents, and that will be dramatically more fun. And if you want to do it again, it's immediate. So so I would say that the value of this ride, if there was no weight, would be under 25 cents. For me, it would be zero, because I would actually pay not to ride it again. I found it unpleasant. Not dramatically unpleasant, not like I couldn't ride it again, but I did not enjoy my time in that. Okay. It, it didn't live up to sitting on a park bench for me. That's that's my rule of thumb, and that's what I'm finding more and more is that almost all the Disney rides are not as much fun as sitting on a park bench waiting for someone else to go through the ride. So, But it wasn't awful. It wasn't painful, um, but it was not interesting to me in any way. So we left there, and then we wanted to go through the Universe of Energy, but it was closed. We hoped just for the night. Um, so we rode Spaceship Earth again. Because there was no line. <laughs> and then uh, and then we headed up to uh, Mexico in the World Showcase because Mexico has replaced uh, El Tiempo del Rio. No, El Rio del Tiempo. It was the time of the river. <laughs> <laughs> it was the river of time, uh, and they replaced it with Gra- the Grand Fiesta Tour with the Three Caballeros. And, uh, it, you know, I have to be honest, they didn't replace uh, El Rio del Tiempo. It is the exact same ride. I think it's misleading that they changed the name. I think, you know... I, they they really needed to update it. The Mexico ride was put in with the original Epcot uh, in in 1982 and has had nothing change and was really dated and uh, it was well done originally. But it's a very low key ride. It's like a good version of It's a Small World is is how I always compare it because It's a Small World is awful. But Mexico is pleasant to go through as opposed to It's a Small World where you'd rather get gouge your eyes out. Um, but it's uh, it's really boring and silly. But it's very relaxing and well and nicely done. I I almost feel like there was so much um, kitsch in the original Mexico. (laughs) Those original scenes of um, the people dressed up like Mayans or whatever. Oh, yeah. It was horrible. Weird, like dancing and stuff was so weird and kitschy that Mm -hmm. it was. it was entertaining for that. It had some value. Oh, it did have some that. value. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was so it bad. Was it was funny, funny kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah. So, so for anyone who hasn't done it, the Mexico ride is a is a very slow boat ride, and uh, it's it's very very nice. Like the the temperature is nice, the pacing is nice. There's some really gorgeous spots where you float by an actual restaurant and see people eating, which I love. There's that one, and uh, the Garden Grill overlooks the land boat ride, uh, and both of those are great places to eat just because you have this view of actual people going by in boats. That's really cool. Um, and I guess in Mexico City, there's a restaurant that has a canal go by that's oh. a lot like that. So it's, it gives kind of the same. Oh, and okay. maybe it's the same restaurant. I'm not sure. But um, so that's really cool. And being in the boat, you get to ride by all these people. It's very cool from both sides, from the people watching the boats and the boats watching the people. Um, but then you go into what used to be this really bad section where pretty much they had old, cheap television sitting around playing ridiculous footage of Mexicans dressed up as Mayans dancing in front of plastic uh, pyramids. It was, it was weird and cheap. I mean, uh, it must have been the cheapest thing in Disney World. I can only imagine. I mean, it was it was cheap beyond belief, and uh, and it did not age well. Now, the other parts of it are, are more elaborate, but this there's this long stretch of this that you kind of did early on, and it was boring and silly and not child-friendly, really. Um, and so they did this big update and replaced that with uh, digital screens and the cartoon characters from... Um, 
Saludos Amigos. But it's not a big update. They just took out the, the screens, uh, took out that entire section, and just made it a long, straight, blank stretch of water where you're going past flat walls. And in front of you is a big movie screen where they're showing the Saludos Amigos guys dancing around. So it, it's definitely better, but it's not the update we were hoping for at all. And then other sections, they kept the old footage, um, mostly not the really bad stuff. Uh, there's the, the one cl- really classic scene is these guys diving off of some really high rocks into the ocean. But cliff divers. The cliff divers, yeah. And uh, um, what they've done with all these, there's one with a, uh, someone driving a speedboat, pulling someone on a, on a parasail. But to update it, instead of um, making new footage, which would not have been expensive at all, they decided to be so cheap that they used the original footage, which has deteriorated horribly over the years because it's uh, it's on actual film and it shows. They're now projecting it with a digital projector, but you can see all the blemishes in the original film. And then they put completely mismatched, computer-generated, colorful bits on top of it. But like this speedboat carrying this parasailer, they didn't want to show you the parasailer anymore for some reason. So they just had them pulling a cartoon shirt around. There wasn't even a character in the shirt. It looked like an accident. Well, no, then Donald comes by and says, that's my bathing suit. Oh, I missed that. (laughs) I was so caught up with how (laughs) weird it was that I just couldn't figure out what was going on. No, if you had seen the whole sequence, because it was on my side of the boat, so I saw the whole thing. Oh. It was Donald, first they showed Donald parasailing, and then it goes off the screen and comes back, and it's just his swimsuit. It's just a suit. I see. And then he's like, hey, that's my bathing suit, and goes like running across the water after it. Oh, okay. I see. Naked doll. They had to do the um, the suit the way they did because they had to come up with something that would cover up the parasailers, whatever position they were in. And so it was, it's very awkward. And they did this in a couple different spots where they just superimposed cartoon characters onto old, kitschy footage of weird things in Mexico. And it's weird. <laughs> it's very, very strange. Um, but it is an improvement. There's no question that it's not an improvement. It's, it's an improvement. It was weird. I, I'm The whole time I'm like with a very puzzled look on my face. Like, yeah. This is really yeah, I'm not sure why they went, bothered. It went by so fast. And I'm like, I kept missing things. And I'm like, wait, I missed something. And now it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it was it was weird. It is an update. But we were really hoping that they had done more than they did. And they, they just... They just took the cheapest route again. It's a lot like the seas where they had an opportunity, they closed it down, they could have done something good and interesting with it, especially because they already have a boat, which is, I think, the best way to do rides, um, and they don't do enough of them. There's only, like, four boat rides that I can think of, and all of them are, are a lot of fun just to ride because they're they're comfortable and they're slow and it's, you know, you get hot in Florida and those are always very nice, um, and I, I feel that they're wasting them uh, for the most part. So uh, we did that, and then we decided that really we were so just not interested in anything in Epcot because we those were the highlights that we had just done um that we just decided to go yeah. to Norway because the maelstrom was closed yeah um for, it was late too. and it was late so we went to Norway and uh we got our uh almond covered pretzels which are awesome Kringla is that what it's called I believe so and uh we got some uh bread and uh got that to go and um ate that in the little cafe there and oh oh and the stave church was open which is very cool um I went to the stave church for the first time in uh, the 90s with Eric and Mark, and uh, it's really cool. It's a very tiny little museum, but very well done in, in Norway, and they have changing exhibits, so you don't see the same thing all the time, but I think the exhibits stay for a very long time. And uh, But it's just, it's a great piece of architecture, and it's gorgeous, and it, nobody goes in there, so quite often that I've gone in there, I'm the only person there, which is really cool. And uh, so we went in, and Dominic has never gotten to see it before, because um, when we went last time, it was closed uh, in 2005, and when she Probably went to put this exhibit. Oh, probably, yeah. And in, 
1992 when you went, your family wouldn't let you go in there. 93. So, 93. Yep. You didn't get to go. I didn't even see it. Right. <laughs> even though it's right out main thing. Um, so we did do that and uh, got Enjoyed our pretzels. That. Yeah, that was very nice. But it only gives you five minutes. It's a, yeah. it's a very short thing, but well worth the, the five minutes, definitely. It's, it's funny. It's just a little square building with cool architecture and a couple stationary museum exhibits inside like you would see in any museum. And yet it's one of the best things in Epcot because they've taken out so much good stuff. It's far better than Mission Space. It's far better than Test Track. The entire huge exhibits, multi-million dollar things, this one little museum thing is far better than, than those. It's very sad. A million times better than Journey to Imagination. And if you go there and you look at this exhibit and you really like it, you should go to Hull in Canada and you uh, should... No, there is no City of Hull. There isn't? The City of Hull was eliminated several years ago. It the was city, Hull when we were there. It was not. There were old signs. Really? It's the City of Jatineau on uh, the north side of the Ottawa River uh, in Quebec. I see. At any rate, the museum, the Canadian Museum of Civilization, uh, it reminded me a lot of that. And if you liked this, you should go see that because that's even better. Yep. yep. Um, for the most part, the Canadian Museum of Civilization is what Epcot meant to be. <laughs> Without without the land. If it just had the land, it would be far better. And we haven't been there in years. So. Oh, yeah, maybe it does. Maybe they added the land. You never know. Yeah. Hey. Um, so at that point, we decided that uh, it wasn't worth staying around for anything later in Epcot. So we uh, we headed back to the resort, and uh, and here we are now, really. Uh, we did spend some time out on the balcony uh, watching the animals in the moonlight. We've got some wildebeest right outside the window, which is very cool. And the, the giraffes are sleeping. We actually got to watch some of them lay down and go to sleep, which is very cool. So And then in the, in the cranes, I can't remember what kind of crane they are. Oh, they're making some serious noise out there. <laughs> they're, they're pretty funny. I've been watching them all day, and they were doing dances and jump. Oh, I you were in here typing on the computer, and I meant to tell you, they were, like, leaping. The, the one was hopping <laughs> way up into the air and then coming down and flapping his wings. And wow. it was really, he was he was doing a courtship dance or something. That's pretty cool. I wish I was out there with the camera. I have gotten a lot of cool footage. Um, so when we get back and I have my Pinnacle Studio again, um, hopefully I'll be able to edit some of this together and have some uh, some good video for everybody uh, soon. But no video will be coming until we get back. That's for There's sure. just something incredibly cool about looking out the window of your bedroom pretty much and yeah. having zebras and giraffes and all kinds of stuff and out there to look at. Oh my. <laughs> exactly. Zebras and giraffes and wildebeest. Oh my. And, uh, and all kinds of antelopes. Well, wildebeest are antelopes, but other antelopes as well. Thompson's gazelles and whatnot. But yeah, it's very cool. The Animal Kingdom Lodge, if you like animals and you can get a real savannah view and you're willing to fight for it, um, is uh, is very cool. could be a great place to stay. And uh, we're thinking that we're not going to go back to Boma tomorrow. We're, we're kicking around the idea of going to Jico instead, which is the AAA rated four diamond restaurant here. Uh, it's supposed to be better than Boma, but it's not a buffet. It's a, it's a real high-end restaurant. So, so you have to make choices. Yeah, you have to pick and choose what you're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> So um, so that's where we are. So we're, we're enjoying ourselves, uh, but we continue to be disappointed uh, by Disney's continuing decline and uh, uh, lack of investment in, in this humongous property here. So, so we're very sad about that. But uh, we're going to Magic Kingdom in the morning, and uh, they have updated Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, they've, they've added Jack Sparrow and some of the other characters from yep. Pirates of the Caribbean, the movie series. Yep. So that, that should be neat, because that, that ride be hasn't neat, been yeah. updated. In quite some time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, but very little else has changed in 
the Magic Kingdom, it should be pretty much stationary. So, well, I guess we're going to call it a night at that point. This is the end of day one. You got caught up from our trip down and our entire first day, which ended up running pretty long here, but I'm going to do what I can to edit it down and get it as close to an hour as possible. Um, and uh, I guess we'll say goodnight. Good night. So, um, we're not really uh, the, the Knuckers, but that's the name. We never explained. The that, Knuckers. Okay, okay, we have to go back now um, <laughs> because I went to sign off and and thought I told you. Um, at the beginning of the show, I, I signed on as Skit Knucker, and um, what happened was uh, we made the reservations for dinner, and we went down to Boma uh, to, to eat, and they couldn't find our reservation. And uh, so they looked for the reservation, and they couldn't find it, and they looked for a few minutes, and uh, we're like, well, we made a reservation at the concierge desk, and they're like, what's your name? And we tell them, and they look, and they look, and they can't find it. So they uh, they kind of treated us as a walk-in, and they, they found us a table and got us in after about five, ten minutes. And it wasn't too bad. And uh, so they were kind of accommodating. And uh, I noticed when we, we sat down at the table that they had printed out our names. Even though they have our ID, everywhere you go in Disney, they have your ID. But for some reason, they put my name down as Scott Mellows, M-E-L-L-O-W-S. And I'm like, well, no wonder they couldn't find a reservation. They kept looking for Mellows instead of Miller. Um, and Dominica's kind of like, well, I think they would have found it, if the, but I don't know. But um, after dinner, we, we came back up to the hotel, and I found the original receipt for the reservations. And when I looked at the receipt, it said, Skit Knuckers on it. <laughs> Skit Knuckers, party of two. So the fact that they made a reservation for Skit Knuckers, and that they were looking for a reservation for Scott Mellows, it's no wonder that they never made connections and there actually... There was no hope. There was none. None at all. Um, and considering that both people had my name in front of them written down when they were looking, it's unbelievable that there was that much error in the system. And it, I'm sorry, but it was the American woman that put the name as Skit. Right, right. The she Skit was Knuckers from America. was from America. She was the person, native, I think. Yeah, the person who misunderstood understood Miller as Mellows was, was a South African native. And so hearing the pronunciation wrong at that level is pretty understandable and and she came up with a real first name mine and a real last name not mine right. as opposed to skit knuckers which is neither a common first name or last name that anyone's ever heard of ever how do you how do you say scott miller in here skit, skit knuckers, knuckers. <laughs> yeah it was uh it was entertaining. Uh, oh, um, it dear. was it was a disaster. So that was our that was our funny reservation story. But they got us into the to the restaurant. It was not a catastrophe. And if they couldn't have gotten us in, I'm sure we would have dug up the receipt and been like, "Oh, we'll take the Skit Knuckers reservation <laughs> instead." But uh, <laughs> yeah. so your name is Skit. Yeah. So that's uh, that's why. <laughs> All right. Well, we're calling it a night. We have to get to bed. We have to go to Magic Kingdom in the morning. So bright and uh, early. We don't want to deal with the local crowds. So yeah. we gotta get there early. Yep. Oh, and if you come in May, there are a lot more screaming kids than there are when you come at the slow season. Yes. <laughs> it's it's rough. There's a lot of kids just running around with no supervision. It's very small children doing very dangerous things everywhere. So it's because the parents are so enthralled that they're not paying attention yeah, to their children. It's very true. They're just, they're like, oh, fish, as their child runs in front of people on motorized scooters and stuff. Yeah, yep, it's pretty rough, so, but we've got to get to bed, have a good night. This is day one wrapping up here at, uh, at Disney World 2007.